Welcome to the LeedsCon Industry Insider Podcast, where we explore all aspects of today's lead gen industry. From customer engagement and acquisition to lead conversion and sales, we connect with key thought leaders on measurable marketing, consumer behavior, and privacy, plus all the new technologies and trends that shape the industry. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. And thank you again for joining us for another of the LeedsCon Industry Insider podcasts. I'm your host, Warren Pickett, uh, content director for LeedsCon. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, we hope everybody's doing well and staying safe. Uh, We appreciate you uh, checking in with us, staying connected. And uh, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast series that we're doing. Uh, This is a great way for us all to stay in touch, and and we hope we're providing you with some good insights uh, that you find valuable along the way. You know, uh, right now we're in the midst of an opportunity where communication is more important than ever. Uh, We're all working virtually, it's all remote. Um, We know that there are obviously some people who are essential to uh, everything that's happening in the country, but most of us are working from home. And, you know, it's more important than ever that we have good communication. I've been having a lot of conversations with many of you over the past couple of weeks, really talking about, you know, the ways that brands and and, uh, companies are communicating right now. There's obviously a lot of authenticity. There's a lot of touching base and, you know, really just making sure that we're all, uh, in this together, we know that we're uh, striving to make the most of our communication. Whether you're a brand advertiser, a marketer, a publisher, whether you work in a call center or you're working in sales, uh, we know that it's more important than, than ever. And we want to make sure that we're communicating most uh, effectively with our customers. And so, you know, joining us today, I've asked Nancy Harhut and John Sisson of HBT Marketing. Uh, to join us. And uh, John, Nancy, it's great to have you both here. Thank you. Hey, Warren. Hey, Warren. Great to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Nancy. Uh, For those of you who don't know their agency, HBT Marketing is based in Needham, Massachusetts. Um, You know, through their agency, Nancy and John really help clients create digital and direct marketing campaigns that are driven by behavioral science. And when I started to think about communication, I really thought about the both of them uh, because I know they help marketers in, in such uh, interesting ways through behavioral targeting, behavioral science. And so I've asked them to come on the show today to talk about the ways that we're changing our communication with customers. Um, we all know that lead gen is about communication. Um, we know the importance of, of that communication is vital as we communicate and, and try to get people to make a decision about purchasing our product or service. Um, so we want to take a few minutes just to talk about what are those steps that you can take to communicate the way that you connect with people. Um, and so John and Nancy, I'll kind of kick things off today just asking you a question, you know, how should we be adapting our messaging in light of today's circumstances? Yeah. Um, so I'll just start by saying that uh, fortunately, I think uh, organizations are starting to do this. There was a survey done by the ANA that said 92% of companies have adjusted their creative messaging to be more sensitive and empathetic. Uh, a change from uh, 
the promotional sell to a little bit more, we're here for you. Right. And I think in doing that, uh, there's some interesting uh, behavioral science principles which play into that and can help those folks who have adjusted their marketing, and I think that's totally appropriate in the times we're currently living in, uh, to not just be empathetic, but still um, engage with their customers and prospects. And um, so maybe Nancy, you could talk about a couple of those things that uh, that we see as uh, as valuable to people who are doing that. Sure, sure. Um, I think you know you mentioned. Uh, mindset and, and what's the right messaging and being authentic. And I think when, when we think about our um, targets mindset, they're disconnected, they're distracted, and they're scared. And anything that we can do in our messaging to um, kind of address that is going to make a big difference. So if people are feeling disconnected, what we want to do is we want to create community, right? We want to share experiences. We want to, you know, focus on those things that, that we all have in common. World Data recent, uh, recently ran some data and they found that uh, email subject lines that in some way acknowledge the current situation, whether it's overtly or more subtly, those email subject lines are getting a 34 to a 41% lift in opening rate. So, uh, you know, even using, you know, phrases like, uh, virtual or WFH, you know, work from home or staying in, or even the word bored, those right. are words that are getting people to uh, to pay attention. So it's that that relevance. And then when we think about people being distracted, or their eyes are uh, glued to the news, but their kids are home trying to be homeschooled. They're, you know, they're uh, having their attention pulled in many different directions. So for our messages, we want to be succinct. We want to be um, easy to scan. We want to come to the point quickly and we want to offer immediate value whether it's entertainment value or information or solutions to current problems or even special deals that are right for right now and then of course if people are afraid we want to convey trust and one good way to convey trust is to make sure that our messages are easy to understand because when people find something easy to understand they feel more confident making a decision about it and at the end of the day, we want people to make decisions, to engage with us, or, or ultimately to buy from us. So those are some of the ways that we're counseling our clients to think about customer mindset and adapt their messaging accordingly. Yeah, no, that's great, Nancy. And you know, one of the things you touched on there is just brands and companies kind of sharing their experiences. Um, you know, a way to connect with people, building that community. Um, I've heard that over and over. Um, and you know. One of the things we think about as marketers is you touched on being succinct. You talked on getting to the point. What are some of the things that marketers shouldn't be doing? What are the visuals that they shouldn't be using right now in this in environment? Uh, now, that's a great question. Oh, go ahead, John. I don't want to step on you. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say a great example of, uh, of sort of what not to do anymore. Uh, right. Is an email that I got uh, just recently from my insurance company, uh, my car insurance company, which the subject line was an important message from the CEO. And to be honest, that was uh, from a month ago already, the important messages. Now, I opened the email because... I like to read the emails, but my estimation is many people just dumped it in the trash. But in, in the trash, but in truth, it was it was an important message. It was about the fact that they're going to automatically give us a percentage off on our car insurance. Right. And so, in the interest of clarity, in the subject line, that would have been a much more relevant, uh, succinct 
important message as opposed to uh, an important message from the CEO is, hey, you're getting this percentage off. And I think their response rate there opens their, <laughs> their people not uh, unsubscribing uh, would, would go up if they were more succinct. Um, and I think it's not just images, but it's also the language that people use. Yeah, and I think to your point, there's a lot of white noise out there. You know, we're, we're being constantly bombarded with companies reaching out with those important messages. And, and you almost understandably start to tune them out because it's yeah. like, well, I've already seen that from these other 1,500 brands that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Nancy, what were you going to jump in with? Yeah. Sure, I'll, I'll just build on that because John made a very good point about the copy. And then when you think about the visuals, uh, I, I'm really starting to cringe when I see some of the standard, you know, oh, I'm wondering about this. So I'm going to show someone with their chin in their hands, right? right. Their chin, you know, being cupped by their hands or they're curious. So they're going to put their finger on their lips and they're going to tilt their head or they're surprised. So they're going to put their hands over their mouths. And, you know, we're so conditioned right now not to be touching our faces. Uh, you know, the, the typical two people shaking hand shot. Yeah. Just you know, seeing people crowded together, like five, six people, uh, you know, piled together looking over one computer screen. Those are things that, you know, used to fly without a problem. And now we're, we're literally recoiling when we see them. And so as marketers, we have to be sensitive to that. And I'm seeing uh, kind of a mixture. I'm seeing some old marketing messages that are out there that just haven't been adjusted, but I'm seeing some new ones that are specifically addressing the current situation and have the kinds of visuals I just described. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, uh, you know, it's not delivering the right message visually, even if uh, verbally it is. Right. It's almost counterintuitive in a way. Um, so thinking yeah, about, you know, we've talked a little bit about what your marketing message should or shouldn't be from a consumer or a customer standpoint, what are they looking for? How are brands communicating them with adding value and being effective in, in that communication? Yeah, I think that uh, in many cases, people are looking for uh, the details of what's going on with the organization. When are you open? Uh, how are you delivering services? Right. Uh, you know, is it moved from physical to online? Can I, can I get the things delivered on the street instead of having to go into the store? And so um, the idea of continuing to communicate makes a tremendous amount of sense. But, but being somewhat fact-forward uh, in, in the message that you deliver, and certainly the, the messaging has to surround that appropriately, but um, I think that's what uh, people are still into what's in it for me. Like, tell me how what you're doing is going to help me. Um, and I think if that's, if that's in front, that's, that's going to be more successful than this is just important. I think there's also this... Um, this strong need to pr protect yourself, your family, your finances, like with, you know, with everything going on right now. So, um, you know, any, any messaging around that, any products around that, there's been an uptick in um, life insurance applications. I, I would think that annuities might also see an uptick. Um, there's been an uptick in um, online uh, sales of weight and health equipment, you know, weight training and health equipment. But, you know, people are focused on, on protecting themselves and their families. They don't want to, uh, they don't want to lose things uh, and, and they want to protect themselves. They're also longing for the way things were. And it's funny, nostalgia now refers to just two months ago. Right. <laughs> it used to return, be like a decade ago or something, a generation ago, but they're longing for the way things used to be. I'm wondering if there's going to be an increase in the amount of, um, 
uh, virtual reality being used. You can actually travel or experience sports in a way that you can't do physically, but that, you know, that might be a way. And then, you know, people are looking to escape a little bit, just a little bit of escapism from what's going on. So small indulgences, uh, you know, whether it's having a piece of chocolate or whether it's online entertainment or even offline, you know, people are kind of moving offline. It, it dovetails with that idea of nostalgia, but, you know, playing board games or, or crafts or baking, cooking, but people, you know, they want to escape a little bit. So anytime we can provide a way to do that, whether it's entertainment or, um, or some new ideas of, of, you know, things that you maybe didn't do before, but you might want to do now, those are all going to be, I think, very valuable. And, and to John's point, very relevant for today. Yeah. And I think too, oh, John, go ahead. I was just going to say that I, I think we also can't forget about um, the inspirational side of things. There are many organizations who are doing great things. Right. And when they talk about it in the context of engaging their community and, and sharing, but also encouraging them to do the same, I, I think that's a, that's a great message. And it, uh, it sort of solidifies the idea that we understand uh, the, the situation today and we're doing our best to apply our resources to make things better as we can, um, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Nancy, one thing I was going to add on to your point was brands always walk a fine line of making sure they're putting out the appropriate messaging. More so than ever, I know right now, brands have to appear that they're not tone deaf. They have to be very sensitive about their communication. And like you were talking about escapism, providing a way for people to kind of get away from the reality of the situation at the moment, but they also have to be sensitive to what they're sharing and, and helping people uh, in that way. And you brought up the great example of, you know, kind of virtualization. And I've seen lots of examples of virtual tours of remote spots and museums. And, you know, it's a great way for people just to kind of think outside their own four walls, uh, even if they're only hearkening back to two months ago in their nostalgia. <laughs> uh, last question for you guys, you know, because I know you both really focus on behavioral science. Um, what are some of the principles around behavioral science that would be most useful to marketers in their communication today? Sure, so I think one of them is, um, we need, to, we need to think about this idea of autonomy bias, which basically means human beings have this deep-seated innate need to be in control of themselves and, and their surroundings, their environment. Like we, we just wanna be in charge, we wanna be in control. And right now, more than ever, we're feeling out of control. You know, there's this pandemic, there's no end in sight. We, you know, we don't know what's going on. We feel totally out of control. And so one way that marketers can offer people a little bit of control is to offer them choices because when people have choices, they feel that they're exerting some kind of control. So anytime in our marketing messages, we can offer choice, whether it's instead of just saying, here's one solution, we offer two or three solutions. You know, people feel like, all right, the, the decision isn't yes or no, the decision is which among these. As a matter of fact, um, Tulane University ran a study and they found you can actually quadruple the likelihood people will make a buying decision in the moment if you give them a choice. And I think that that's really important for us. There's also research that, um, using uh, the BYAF technique works really well. BYAF stands for, but you are free. There's a sociologist named Chris Carpenter who did some research into this. And what he found was you can ask somebody to do something 
And then if you just remind them that they're free, of course, to do or not do it, you can double the likelihood they'll do what you're asking them to do. So you don't literally have to say, but you are free, but any variation of that would work. You know, you're free to choose. It's up to you. The choice is yours. Uh, you know, Warren, we've just told you about this great sale that we're having on laptop computers. We hope you take advantage of it, but of course it's up to you, you know, but of course the choice is yours. Um, you know, reminding people that, that they have that choice, even though of course we know it, but just reminding them can make a big difference. Um, I think another social science principle would be social proof. When people aren't sure of what to do, they look to others and they follow their lead. And right now, many of us, most of us aren't sure what to do. And so we're looking around. If people are buying toilet paper, we're buying toilet paper. You know, right, right. with masks, we're wearing, we're wearing masks. If, you know, if people are doing takeout Tuesday, then okay, we're doing takeout Tuesday. We literally, we're making it up as we go along and we're looking to others. So anytime we can, we can tap into that element of social proof, I think that that's going to be helpful for, um, for marketers as, as we start to work our way out of this. We can start pointing to the fact that, well, more and more customers are doing this. More and more people are asking us for this, and that's why we're providing it. That's going to pe give people that reassurance that maybe they should be doing the same thing. And I would just add, Warren, that at the same time that uh, some of the behavioral economic principles make uh, more sense in times like these, some make less sense. And so uh, the idea of urgency, uh, which is one that we uh, have used often in a variety of campaigns in the past, of the nostalgic past, uh, which has proven to be, uh, you know, something that's very effective because you have a date or uh, there's some reason why you need to make this decision. We're, we're motivated by that urgency. Now there are things that are far more urgent. And so uh, uh, you have to be careful applying urgency um, because uh, I'm sorry, there are, you know, we're in a time that's more life and death than the choice or, uh, the, or than the decision that you have to make to respond. So uh, it's not that it, it needs to be left out, but it needs to be applied very carefully um, or, it, or it'll fall on deaf ears or seem as if uh, the marketer has a tin ear. Yep. Great observation there, John. Well, we want to wrap this up, but John and Nancy, thank you so much again for joining us. It's always great to connect with you both. Uh, we appreciate you sharing with us today. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Yeah, and Thanks to our listeners. We always appreciate you tuning in. We do encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. We uh, are just kicking things off, so we've got uh, some runway ahead of us, and we hope you'll uh, stay with us. That's it for this episode of the LeedsCon Industry Insider. Uh, please check back. We'll continue to share what's important in lead gen in these changing times. And we hope that uh, you all stay well. Be safe, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of LeedsCon's Industry Insider Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for the latest news, insights, and the best takeaways you need to drive your performance marketing to the next level.